Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, I'm Ellie Gibson, and welcome to the Scummy Mummies Podcast Greatest Hits Volume 3. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, just a few highlights, really, some of our favourite bits from old podcasts. Um, and we've got a few in Volume 3. We've got uh, Simon London, who talks about what it was like to um, be adopted by a white family as a black child. Uh, we've got Steph Douglas, otherwise known as Don't Buy Her Flowers. She runs a very successful online business. Uh, but she's talking mainly about having a third child and, and well, sex. It's just lots of filth, really, lots of filth. And then we've got Elle Wright, uh, also known on Instagram as Feathering the Empty Nest, who talks about the loss of her baby, Teddy. So there you go. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. And who are you? I am Simon London. Simon London! Hey, I can't myself. not say your name like I'm the X Factor man because it's just such a good name. <laughs> Simon London! Not a lot of people know this because uh, it never really comes up, but I was adopted at the age of eight. Right. Oh. So I was in children's homes and I did have a half sister. We kept on being fostered. And then finally, the last people who went, well, we'll give it a go, see whether we can foster them with a view to adoption. And I was adopted by them officially when I was 12. I remember one of the first things my new parents did, they went, he seems a bit bright and he's not getting on at school. Let's send him to boarding school, because that's not like a children's home at all. No. Full of warmth and love. So I went to boarding school. I met the first guy, uh, the first kid around about 11 years old and his mum and dad were divorced. And I kept on saying, did your mum and dad argue? And what happened? Did they ever like fight? And could you see them fight? And he went, why do you want to know? And I said, I've never met anybody who's been divorced, whose parents are divorced. He went, Mm. you're black and your mum and dad are white and you've been in a children's home. You're the weird one. (laughs) (laughs) But my name is Simon (laughs) London. (laughs) And it was a bit weird, again, in the 70s, the first time I got there, and everybody, they were really posh, and they were really, really horrible. And I remember the first fight, somebody said something to me, and I stood up, and everyone went, fight, 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 outside, take your jackets off. Oh, Simon's just picked up a jug and smashed it in that kid's face. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, why do we have to go outside? Because in the children's home, you just hit people with the biggest thing you can find and everyone's like no no we don't do that we don't do that at boarding school at boarding school we Jumble take our- we're so angry 
We take our jackets off, we make a circle. We and do it that. Oh style. What are you doing? Simon, what are you doing? Well, Boris hasn't <laughs> even put his knickerbockers on. For goodness sake. <laughs> he needs stitches. What are you doing? So... You say you, you said that sometimes you felt like the world's whitest black guy. Yeah, <laughs> because difficult? yeah, because I guess in a way, um, at boarding school there were no other black kids really, um, and then of course you just gravitate to what you know. So I went to university and made good friends. I had a, a really good mixed race friend there, but generally the people at university at the sort of late eighties are still it's still the kind of slightly middle-class people who are going to university, and they are, of course, white, most of them. And then you move out and you're with a group of friends. So I didn't really know lots of other black people. Black people I were, I was meeting at the time would sort of, you know, they'd sometimes go, well, you're not really black. And I'd go, believe me, <laughs> believe me, they still call me all the same names. <laughs> I think you should have been like, shit, has anyone got a mirror? Has anyone got a mirror? It is a bit like... So I was trying to explain this to somebody saying, I kind of get all the... I'm really lucky because I get all the privileges of being upper middle class, but all the the great stuff of racism as well. (laughs) So, you know... everyone's friends. Yeah, I'd still still kind of go out to sort of um, uh, go out, have a really good time, then be with a girl and go, we'll just hire this cab. Uh, it was just driven past. We'll get this one. Oh, it's dri- driven past again. Oh. You might want to put your hand up. Yeah. Because uh, you're white and they'll stop for you. So it is a weird... You have this weird duality. It's only as I've got older that I've kind of... I think once you have a kid and you sort of think, what's life like for him? That you mm. you think about it a bit more. Like your identity a bit more. Are you really conscious of giving him the full honest truth about yeah. just playing this podcast I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. sit down um, son have we your first t- beer yeah. <laughs> we talk let about these women it. tell you all about it <laughs> <laughs> let me white splay yeah. this um, yeah. hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast it's me Helen Thorne and it's me Ellie Gibson and I'm so excited Ellie because Steph don't buy her flowers is with us. What have you what's, what have you been up to, oh, Steph? Don't buy me any flowers. I had another baby. Oh, why did you do that? I'm not sure. <laughs> I know lots of friends who've gone, oh no, I'm done, I'm done, after two. Mm, and I yeah. kind of wished I had been, but I wasn't. Mm. And I started mentioning it to Doug, my husband. He was going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, no, no, no. And then he'd be like, oh, I just was in a, an office of a client and he had a picture of his three kids on the wall and it made me think, yeah, three would be really nice. And then he'd say, but actually, no, that he was really oh. up and down. Meanwhile, Steph got pregnant. When I found out I was pregnant, he then said the immortal line, you know, it's a bit like Brexit. <laughs> I didn't vote for it, but I'm going to have to live with it. <laughs> Oh, just saying that. And even now, every now and then, he's like, "You do still owe me because we had that third baby." <laughs> he's what? And no. he, he adores wow. him. Oh my god! But every now and then, he's like, "Yeah, it was really your decision." I'm like, no, it wasn't. No, no, he, no, no. Does you... he say things like, "But Steph, you promised me that if we had this third baby, the NHS would get another million quid." Where is it? What's yeah. going on? How amazing has having a third baby been for your relationship with Doug Douglas? <laughs> I presume you're having much more sex now. Oh, I cannot I get enough. I think what's hard with a baby is you just feel so you can feel really disconnected because you have time for each other you're totally distracted my like and my focus has definitely been on Frank and then it's been on like the big kids and are they okay with Frank and adapting to having another kid there and Mm. are they still getting enough of us and 
And then it's... Wait a minute, you mean you've prioritised the people most in need? What kind of selfish bitch are you? You should be blowing that man at dawn every single day before the children wake up. Broken Britain. How important, ladies, is the boning to a good relationship? You know it's all going a bit sour when it's not happening, don't you? Yeah. 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 And that's the first thing that's easy to drop off, isn't it? I mean... The bone. Uh, yes. yes. His, his drops off. Yours heals over. Exactly. That's how right. That works. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And also, especially we're in our winter months at the moment. Better to keep your pajamas on, isn't it? There's a lot. Sometimes of I go to bed and I'm in like full jogging bottoms, hoodie, socks, yeah. and Doug is like, really, really. Like, knock, yeah. knock. Can yeah. I come in? Yeah. <laughs> we had this woman. This we had this amazing woman, an audience member in one of our shows once. And I did some banter with her about, you know, oh, sex, you know. It's like, oh, so you had sex last night. Did you say, oh, well, yeah, you know, one leg out the pyjamas. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing. And I've now stolen it and I use it as a joke. But then you were like, oh, yeah, have you never done it one leg out the pyjamas? <laughs> no, but like, round the ankle, that's why I said, so I don't leave it so I don't so I don't lose it and then later whoop in the back of the night night yes all done couple yeah. of wipes you're done yeah, I, yeah. I don't do it every time I like going the full tickety-boo you know yeah. the whole <laughs> the whole la-di-da <laughs> I really want I really want you to write some erotic fiction Helen style I think you can he do he whacked out his enormous <laughs> And stuck it in her flower manger. <laughs> oh, tickety boo! She said that feels tickety boo. Had a lovely everyone. Had a lovely everyone time. had a lovely time. It's <laughs> a closing chapter. Yes. Splish splash splosh. <laughs> the end. Last night we did it really good style, and then. <laughs> Thank you, Helen. Oh, my I'm God. so hoping you she, she even took an arm out of the pyjamas as well. Did you good style. Good, what good style. Oh, it's oh, like so doggy style, but you close your eyes. Good style. Go on. What's Sorry, good Will. style? What's good style? No, I can't. There's a lasso movie. <laughs> Good styling. I want you cowboy. Did you do it under the duvet and on top of the duvet? Is that good style? All the all the moves. Fifty Shades of Hello. (laughs) (laughs) But you do it. It does connect you again. So I think it's really easy to lose. Yeah, but it's really easy to lose it. Yeah. And it feels quite hard to get it back. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I tell you what. If you do it in its bad style. Then that's a nightmare, isn't it? It's very hard to get back to good style, style after about a bad style. But, then, but yeah, so I think it's worth doing. But, but I, I just... It's like you're talking about making a will. It's worth doing. Get a professional in. Sign off properly. Because you never know what the future holds. It's worth doing. It is worth doing. I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. And who have we got today, Helen Thorne? We've got Elle from Feathering the Empty Nest. Now, Elle, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, so, my name is Elle Wright. I am a blogger. I have an Instagram account called Feathering the Empty Nest. I write primarily about interiors and lifestyle and everything I've got going on in my life. But also, I do write um, about loss, pregnancy loss and infant loss um, after the loss of our son Teddy in 2016, which has subsequently led to me writing a book on that subject as well. First of all, the uh, nurse midwife woke me up and said, oh, he's 
the baby's a little bit cold um you need to give him a cuddle so I was like I don't really know anything about babies okay that's fine Mm. you know I don't think any of us know do we like when we first have a baby we're like what is this and you do what you're told right yeah Yeah. totally so I gave him a cuddle and then they were like right that's that and then she came back she was like yeah that's fine put him back down to sleep that was about sort of 12 half past 12 in the night and then I guess it was about an hour or so later she came to wake me up and um she was shaking my shoulder like shake literally lifting me off the bed shaking my shoulder and she said all I remember she said I'm going to have to take the baby he's really cold and as she lifted him up his arms just flopped down by his side Mm. and I just remember sitting like sitting bolt upright in bed and bashing Nico to my husband to wake up and just sitting there like fuck this is really bad and and I've written about it in the book as you guys know it's like I just remember seeing people running, running, running past down corridors. Somebody obviously pressed an alarm. There were flashing lights and they pulled the curtains round us. And that's when I thought, this is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next day we were transferred to a um, near neighbouring hospital who had a specialist neonatal um, intensive care unit. And NICU, it's called. Um, and we were there for three days before um, the paediatricians and all the specialists who were looking after him just said to us that there was there was literally nothing that they could do so they switched his sorry I'm always it's not alright but it's alright that you're crying (laughs) they they switched his um, life support off but Mm -hmm. it was just one of these things where even then I think your instinct as a mother like takes over and I can remember thinking when they said that was what was going to happen, I was just thinking, shit, I can't let him just, like, die in a hospital room with loads of other babies and loads of other families. And I I said to them, right, OK, this is what I need us to do. It was like this weird... I kind of went into autopilot. I mm. think you just think, right, I, I've got one shot at this to not fuck it up and just like do the best thing that I can do yeah. so I um, sorry I've made everyone cry I'm so oh, sorry no, that's alright um, well you've made Ellie cry which is amazing <laughs> I'm actually just I'm just allergic to those flowers over there <laughs> oh. um, and I so we got the doctors to they were really good actually I can't tell you how good they were and they just like hand and footprints with him and all of those things that because you're kind of trying to pack a whole lifetime of memories into what I think it was like two hours three hours and then they let us take him into another room that had been a room that we'd been staying in that was like a family room and then they handed him to us and stopped pumping the oxygen and then they let him read they let us read him a story and so that was how we decided to do it when Teddy died and I was feeling a bit desperate and trying to search for other women or other parents who had gone through what I'd gone through, I couldn't find anyone who was talking about it, but also talking about their normal life. Like, it was like, that was all they were talking about. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I understand it's a huge thing to happen and it's really sad and it, it, it does kind of take over your life to a certain extent for a long period of time. But it just made me more miserable and it just made me think, I don't want to read about how fucking miserable this is because mm. I'm already in that yeah. and I am living that every single day of my life I want somebody to tell me one day you're going to wake up and you're going to have a great day again and mm. you're going to laugh and you're going to 
get pissed with your friends or this is going to be fun or you're yeah. going to listen to music and not burst out into tears and it's going to be normal you're going to feel normal yeah. whatever that whatever yeah. that is have and you I, had that day yet yeah, yeah i've had loads of those days and and when i do have it i go onto instagram stories and i i, I tell people because yeah. i because i am really aware that there are other parents following me who are in those first few weeks few months or however long and just feeling desperate and I want to be the one to say guys like this was really good today and it yeah. made me laugh mm. and and actually I think we should all sort of do that really shouldn't we when we're having a great time revel in that we should celebrate it and we shouldn't it was very British again we don't want it because we look like smug bastards don't we yeah I know um, I, can I just say at this point I'm currently vegan oh <laughs> and- fucking hell <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and I really like it listen <laughs> At least when I make it about me, it's about baby shit. <laughs> Veganism has nothing to do with babies being in the hospital. How's it going? I love oh, it. I she's love high. She's I high. feel she's high. Oscar, she's going to keep doing it in February. I'm, I'm trying to. I just It makes me feel very happy. Does it? I feel so good. So good. See, I'm a veggie, but I don't tell anyone. Cause yeah, look, exactly. That's because no. you're a good person. <laughs> So there you go. Volume three of the Scummy Mummies podcast, Greatest Hits. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do follow us on the Instagram and all the social media things at Scummy Mummies. Um, And of course, tell your friends about the podcast if you like it. And if you don't like it, just keep it to yourself. Uh, If you want to buy our book, it is, as as I'm speaking, still in print. Uh, It's called Scummy Mummies. And yeah, uh, so that's about it, really. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.